every corner of the world, on every continent, and within almost every culture that calls this planet home, there are stories of strange small beings that occasionally step into our world. Existing in another realm alongside ours, these beings have been called fairies, brownies, the Ashi, and the little people. In Africa, they are called the Yumbos. In China, it is the Maguai who haunt the forest. As far as the pristine waters of Hawaii, there are stories of the Menahunes, a race of small, mischievous beings that live in the forests and in caves. But in Mexico, Spain, Portugal, the Philippines, and other parts of Latin America, they are called the Duende, or sometimes the Alush. These mythological creatures are said to be anywhere from 7 inches to 3 feet tall. Sometimes they are described as wearing a pointy hat or having pointy ears. Depending on the storyteller, the Duende may be good or evil, but mostly they are neither. They are tricksters, elemental spirits who enjoy mischievous activities. They have been said to braid horses' hair or to braid the hair of children as they sleep. They may also scratch or bite children or tug at their pillows or bedsheets. But are they purely mythological? Are they merely colorful characters from Latin American folklore? Or could the stories of modern Duende and Aloof sightings be true? What's up guys? Welcome back to Paranormal Community College. My name is Riley. And today we are talking about the Duende and legends of the little people from Latin America. And so I actually came across the Duende a long time ago when I was trying to find answers for a weird experience I had as a kid. And I'm actually going to share that story later on in the episode. But I was amazed to see how many people from all around the world claim to see these strange creatures. Um, some people describe them as gnome-like creatures, troll-looking dudes as well. Um, creatures that should only exist in fairy tales. And so I've always been intrigued by this topic because I think... In the paranormal world, we're often talking about ghosts, hauntings, aliens, mysterious disappearances, things like that. Stories of the Duende and the fairies often get swept under the rug or just not a lot of people talk about them. But I assure you, there are a lot of people from all around the world who claim to see these strange beings. Calling them fairies, of course, makes you look like a crazy person. But I think there's something to these stories because not all these people can be lying. Not all these people can be mistaken by what they saw. And there is a weird amount of these stories. So let's get into it. So even just this year, Mexico's president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, posted a photo of what he firmly believes to be an Alush, a small elf-like creature from Mayan mythology. And so the Alush are small spiritual entities who can make themselves appear and disappear at will and who thrive on causing mischief and mayhem, sometimes with a sense of humor. The so-called Alush in this photo looks like a dark-faced being with bright glowing eyes and a halo of bright white hair, possibly. And it appears to just be chilling in a tree. And like every other photo of an alleged cryptid, ghost, alien, or other unknown creature, it's really hard to tell what, if anything, is in this picture at all. But where exactly did all these legends come from? And when? Later on in the episode, we're going to briefly look at different legends of little people from all around the world, but for a while here, let's look at the Iberian Peninsula and Latin America. So the word duende originally comes from the Spanish term dueño de la casa, meaning owner of the house. 
And in this case, it's implied that this creature is the real owner of the house. Although, of course, today the word duende has become more synonymous with the word goblin or gnome. Yes, much like the garden gnomes we occasionally see today. In Latin America, they are generally thought as being tiny old men from the forest or tiny wrinkly creatures who live in your home. But around the Iberian Peninsula, there are numerous types of duendes. For example, in Spain, in Cantabria and Asturias, the duende are called anjanas or hanas, zanas, I'm not sure how to pronounce that and are said to be extremely beautiful beings who spend hours a day combing their long, radiant locks. Depending on the region, they may be no taller than a flower, or they may just be as tall as humans, or anywhere in between. Being nature spirits, they live in fountains, springs, meadows, rivers, lakes, and caves, but they only come out at night when humans are sleeping and when they have a lesser chance of being noticed. These elementals are not malevolent in any way, and will sometimes even offer help or guidance to humans. Also in Spain are the Boscosos. The Boscosos are gentle giants of the forest who can be heard playing somber songs with their magical flutes. They are compassionate and hardworking and will guide shepherds and help them repair their homes after storms. And real quick, it's interesting that often these duende or other little people of the forest for that matter are often associated with music. We also have the Dianos, mischievous duendes that have the power to shapeshift into any other animal. Interestingly enough, the Dianos also may appear as strange and mysterious lights in the forest that lure humans astray, never to be seen again. Or at least, that's what the legends say. Which kind of reminds me of the Fufule in Cajun folklore or the Will-o'-the-Wisp tales from the British Isles. Most dreaded of the duende race in the Iberian Peninsula are the Trasgos, small, chaotic creatures who invade your home through chimneys or by some other means. The Trascos will then steal things from you and rearrange the items in your home. A feisty little creature, Trascos like to hide in trees and throw rocks and pebbles at people as well. They can turn good boys into naughty ones, and if you become too naughty, you may turn into a Trascos yourself. Throughout the Iberian Peninsula, these so-called duende are said to exist, sometimes wreaking havoc, other times helping us out, but mostly just coexisting in a world right next door to ours, venturing only into our world under the cover of darkness. And whether real or imagined, the story of the Duende traveled alongside the Europeans to the New World, where their story grew and evolved. Or perhaps, the story of the Duende meshed with the stories of strange creatures that were already said to exist in Mesoamerica. In the Yucatan Peninsula, the Maya believed in the Alush, as briefly mentioned earlier, which is a knee-high creature dressed in traditional Mayan attire and looking generally like a Mayan person, just shorter. However, they were also able to appear and disappear at will and seem to have otherworldly knowledge of the forest and agriculture. If a farmer should build a little house for an Alush on his property, the Alush will help the farmer's land prosper for seven years. However, if the farmer should forget to close the doors and windows of the Alush's little house after seven years, the Alush will run wild on the farmer's property, causing chaos, playing tricks on people, and damaging crops, even causing harmful illnesses. Moreover, an Alush, an Alush may ask a passerby for a favor or for an offering. If the passerby refuses, they will receive bad luck. If the passerby is polite and generous, they will receive good luck. The Aztecs believed in the Chenek, or the Wuhican Chenek, which means 
those who inhabit dangerous places. Again, they were small trickster-like spirits generally found in wooded areas. The Zapotecs of Oaxaca also believed in the Huica, nocturnal creatures who could shapeshift into any kind of animal. Now, historians and folklorists contend that these indigenous tales of these little creatures who haunted the forest, such as the Aleush, came from their interactions with 16th century British pirates who came in with stories of the Fae, as well as the Spanish conquistadors who came in with stories of the Duende. And while that definitely had an impact on their culture and folklore, I think it's much more likely that they already had these stories of little people who lived in the forest and who were these trickster elemental spirits. Because we see that not only in Mesoamerica, but all around the world, even as far as the Aborigines in Australia and the Maori in New Zealand. Now, in the beginning, I described the Duende's attributes to some extent, and they really do vary from Pueblo to Pueblo, from region to region, and from family to family, but here's the gist of it. So the Duende of Latin America can be anywhere from 7 inches to 3 feet tall. They appear to have the face of a wrinkly old man, and they may be very pale, greenish, tan, or have dark brown skin. They are able to appear and disappear at will, and some may be able to shapeshift into different animals or even into an average-sized old man. The Duende are generally found in the woods or in the home, and as mentioned in the beginning, the name El Duende derives from the Spanish term El Dueño de la Casa, or the owner of the house. Generally mischievous, but not necessarily evil, El Duende like to play usually harmless tricks on humans by hiding things or stealing things, braiding the hair of livestock, or braiding the hair of children while they sleep. They are particularly attracted to children and children's toys, but they are also known to harass women. And if you look online at a lot of the so-called evidence of, you know, duende sightings, you'll see that they often occur around small children. They are sometimes described as wearing a tall pointy hat. Common colors worn by El Duende that are reported by alleged eyewitnesses include white, red, blue, and green. But I couldn't come across anything about whether or not El Duende can talk or communicate verbally in any other way. Sometimes it is said that you can hear them whistling or playing a flute in the forest, but whether they can talk or not seems to be a mystery. Okay, but now I wanna talk about some personal stories that I found online. And I know you might be thinking, okay, last week she was talking about fairies, and now this week she's talking about these duende, which are essentially these gnome or goblin sightings. It all sounds really loony, doesn't it? And it may very well be, but I've come across so many of these stories that I don't think all these people are lying. I don't think it's all made up. I think there's something to these stories. And sure, it might be folklore, maybe some of these stories are made up, but I know that I've experienced something that was weird, and this is the closest thing I can compare it to. So let's get into some of these stories. And as usual, I am just presenting information. Feel free to draw your own conclusions and decide whether or not you believe in these stories. So here's the first story. My wife and I are both college-educated professionals. Other than this one time that I'm about to describe, we've never experienced anything that would qualify as paranormal. We've never seen any ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, etc. The reason why I'm posting this is because I am genuinely looking for any information on what we saw. At the time, about 12 years ago, we lived in northeastern Arizona in southern Apache County, close to the Navajo Nation. We had no kids at the time and would typically go out to dinner after work on Friday nights. We would drive about an hour to a neighboring town as our very small town had few good restaurants. As we were driving back, my wife was behind the wheel, it was around 9 or 10 p.m., 
and we were both watching out for animals. It wasn't uncommon to see deer, antelope, and jackrabbits, which could damage our truck if hit. We'd also often see rats, mice, and prairie dogs too. So as we were going along, all of a sudden, this small, about 18 inches tall, bipedal creature goes running out in front of us. It ran from one side of the road to the other and disappeared in the cedar trees that are typically along the main highway we were traveling. The most messed up part was that the thing was wearing clothes. It was dressed in a robe and had a pointy hat. We can't really remember the colors of the clothes, but we both agree that the hat was red. It did not look cute or friendly, more like the stuff of nightmares. Its skin was a dark brown or a dark gray. Its face looked monstrous and was grimacing. I had the impression that it was very distressed and seemed to be running away from something or someone. It seemed oblivious to us in our truck. I looked over at my wife who neither hit the brakes nor swerved whatsoever and she's just looking straight ahead at the road. I seriously thought I had just had a hallucination. Not because I've had one before, but I just couldn't believe what I saw. So I said, did you see that? To which she replied, yeah. In order to confirm my own sanity, I needed to hear her say what she saw first. So I then said, what did you see? And she then said, like a little person with a wizard hat on. And I said, yeah, what the F? I honestly wouldn't believe my own eyes and memory if she hadn't seen it too. She's also said that if I hadn't seen it too, she would have completely shut it out of her mind and would have long forgotten about it by now. In fact, I would have serious doubts if I had said what it was first and then she agreed with me. We've talked about it several times since then and are still dumbfounded on what it was. I've done some research and it's hard to glean any information because people all around the world have claimed to see small humanoid creatures for hundreds, if not thousands of years. The variations are all over the place. This thing wasn't like the friendly looking garden gnomes that people have in their yards. I hope to never see one again and sure as shit wouldn't go looking for one. My wife once described it as a little demon. Does anyone have any experience with such a thing or can point me to some information about this type of creature? I chose to call it El Duende as that seemed appropriate for our region. In response, another person wrote, they certainly seem prevalent around the world. I have never seen one, but my mom claims she has. She was a child at the time and lived in a house with a big backyard with a tree in it. She said that sometimes when she played out there, she would see a tiny man peek out from the tree and smile evilly at her. She had only seen it a couple times and she didn't think it was human due to its absurdly small size. Now certainly children have overactive imaginations. But both of these people are right in saying that there are variations of these little creatures from all around the world. And we're going to get into some of that after I share some of these stories. And this next story occurs far away from Latin America and is as follows. My sister and I had an encounter in northern Maine with a similar being. We were in the birch forest near our home, a really beautiful place. We heard a noise and looked out our right. A small, ugly man in rough clothes was looking at us. We ran as fast as we could back home, and she has never brought it up again. Perhaps she doesn't remember. I'm pretty sure it was a leprechaun. This next story comes from between Los Fresnos and Brownsville, Texas. It was around 10 p.m. and the only sources of light were the crossing lights and my truck's headlights. After the first crossing light, I see a person walking across the road. I break and make sure I don't hit them. Then I realize the man is short, almost like a child but he had long arms. His skin was brownish and he had pointy ears. 
He also leaned forward from his back like if he was hunched forward or had a hunchback. It looked at me for a second and then ran off into the grass. It resembled the duendes in Hispanic mythology. Okay, and with that, I'm going to share my weird-ass story. And I'm not saying this was a duende, I'm not even saying it was real, but it's the only thing I can compare it to. So when I found, you know, the duende when I was doing all that research like years ago, trying to figure out what I had seen, this was the only thing that kind of felt similar. So here it goes. I was probably like five or six years old and I was staying at my dad's house and I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard this weird noise coming from like the kitchen living room area. And the way the noise was, was kind of like this. Like it sounded like a, like a scratching, scooting noise. And I could hear it, you know, getting closer and closer, louder and louder. And I knew it wasn't my dad because I could hear my dad clearly snoring. And so the way I slept was I had, you know, my room with my door open because like other little five and six year olds, I was a little afraid of the dark. And so my dad would let us sleep with either the hall light on or the bathroom light on so that we had a little bit of light as we slept. And I can't remember if it was the hall light or bathroom light on, but I know the hallway was at least dimly lit. But anyway, so I'm hearing this noise, you know, coming towards my bedroom. And I'm like, you know, what is going to happen? I'm thinking, you know, it's I'm going to get kidnapped because I had a really like weird fear of being kidnapped as a kid because of the whole JonBenet Ramsey thing. Anyway, it's, you know, approaching my bedroom like that. And again, my door is open so I can see this little, you know, rectangular area of the hallway. And what passed in front of my hallway, in front of my door in the hallway, I can only describe as what looked like a, like a troll, like a little troll. It was probably like three to four feet tall. I think in my mind, the way I'm remembering it, which again was a long time ago, was like uh, probably at least three and a half feet tall, but three and a half to four feet tall. It was, I don't know if it was because it was dim and it was casting a shadow over its face, but okay, it was, I drew a picture. Hopefully you can kind of see it. This, this is kind of what I saw. Okay, yeah, so it looked like that. And the only thing was, is it, it was wrinkly. I could tell that for sure. It was super wrinkly, so I couldn't see its face. And it was like, black or dark gray or just the shadow was casting a um you know a weird it was cat the light was casting a shadow over its face so i couldn't see its whole face but that's what it looked like it had the big ears its arms were like long it was very like stocky and it didn't have like fingers it had like like it's it didn't have like fingers or feet it looked like you know it just it looked like this i like really got the heebie-jeebies as i was drawing this a little bit ago because yeah, it's super weird looking and creepy. And so it just scooted past my door like that. And if you are only listening and not watching on YouTube, um, yeah, imagine like a three and a half to four foot tall black or gray being with wrinkly skin. And it just like scooted sideways, like scooted sideways, like, you know, like this across my bedroom door. And I mean, that was the end of it. Like it was like a, a two to three second sighting, I would say. And what's even weirder is so, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, when I was probably like a late teen, early twenties, I had 
done some internet research and I found some Reddit posts and I was like, yeah, I've seen like a creature that looks like this. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like what I had seen. And the things that kept coming up were like the Duende or the Scottish brownie creatures, like these, these fairy, fairy beings, <laughs> these like gnomes, you know, like, so it was really weird. And anyway, I never really thought about it again until just a few years ago when I was at our family's cabin with my dad and my brother and we were like swapping scary stories. And I had mentioned like, hey, when I was a kid, I saw this weird thing at our old house. And my brother was like, I saw the same thing. And I had never told my brother or my dad about this before. I had told my best friend and she said, when I, I drew her this very picture, pretty much, she said that it looked like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's basically what it looked like. If you're just listening, just imagine like a gray or black wrinkly Stitch character. And so my brother was like, yeah, I had seen the same thing and it really creeped me out. And he described it as looking like Jar Jar Binks because I think episode one or whatever had just come out. So it was like around that time. And um, when he said that, I remembered when we were kids and my brother one night was like afraid to go to sleep because he was like, I saw Jar Jar Binks in the hallway the other night. And I was like, I remember you saying that. And so we were like, yeah, we just, we agreed that we both just saw like one time and it was super weird, but you know, I don't know, man, he saw it too. So whatever it was, you know, I don't know if it was evil or not. Like I said, it just happened. Like it was like a two second, three second sighting, but that is my story. I don't know what it was. If you guys have seen something similar, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, I don't think I want to see anything like that again, but, um, you know, I will say that since I have seen something that strange, it does make me more likely to believe when people tell me these stories or when I read these stories because I've heard other people say like they've seen other creatures that weren't like human and like you know when people are sharing ghost stories paranormal stories a lot of times it's like oh I saw like the ghost of my grandma or like something like that to see something this weird it makes you more likely to believe people when they do say like oh yeah I saw like you know aliens or I was abducted by aliens like it makes you more likely to empathize with and be understanding of people who have claimed to see other weird shit because yeah it was a very weird sighting and so like I think a lot of my friends who have never seen anything paranormal they think I'm a little bit crazy when I tell them some of the things I've seen or just tell them like yeah I'm into aliens and I believe in you know aliens and other paranormal phenomena and they think I'm crazy and I, I understand why because they've never experienced anything you know paranormal or weird or unexplainable but I think that if you have then you can empathize with and like listen to people's stories with an open mind because you know that you yourself have seen weird things. So anyway, that's my weird story. Whether you believe it or not doesn't really matter to me because whatever it was or whatever it wasn't, it has certainly affected my life. And you know, it's just been one of the many things that have encouraged me to believe in all this paranormal shit. So with that, let's continue on with a, another story. So my father who lived in the rural parts of Alcapuco has had experiences with the El Duende. One night he crawled through his window and was sitting on his roof in an attempt to find good service on his phone. When he was sitting there quietly, he heard sounds of scurrying behind him, as if something was climbing on the debris and rocks below in an attempt to get on the roof. My father turned quizzically to look where the sound was coming from, and he was met with the eyes of a small elf-like creature who paused in mid-climb when seeing my father. 
Both shocked, they sat looking at each other for about five seconds before the duende crawled back down the roof and took off. My father, shocked, went back inside his room and closed the window. Closing the window in Mexico is a heat trap, so you know he was scared. And now this next one comes all the way from Canada. This happened to me about four years ago. I was coming home from work one day and it was around 6 to 6.30. And here in Canada in the winter months, it's nighttime at this point. I was driving home, street lights are on and nothing unusual, except as I was leaving work, I saw what looked to me like a little boy in my rear view mirror about, I'd say, 50 feet behind me in the middle of the parking lot. Kind of strange, but I didn't pay much attention to it. And as I was driving home, I saw the same kid, or at that point I thought it was a different kid, about three blocks from where my work is, and he was just staring at me as I drove by. I had a slight chill, and I tried not to think much of it, but it was creepy. I only live about seven minutes from my work, so it doesn't take me long to get back home. I didn't see him again until I was about two blocks away. This time, he was under a street lamp. So I got a better look at this kid, and to my surprise, it was not a kid at all. In Mexico, we call these creatures duendes. They're usually small, fairy-like creatures with the appearance of an old man. Their heights do vary, but I myself have never seen one to be the size of a child. He looked exactly like an old man. As I drove past him about to turn the corner, I was freaking out at this point, and I just wanted to get home. This thing was following me. As I was on approach to turn the last corner of my house, there he was again. I slammed on my brakes because there it was, right in front of my car, just crossing the street. It looked up at me as he was walking past my car and gave me the most evil grin I had ever seen. I was about ready to run him over with my car, but I was frozen in place. As soon as he was on the other side of the street, I gunned it home. But I took one final glance in my rearview mirror to see if he was still behind me. It was gone. It wasn't on the other side of the street or anything. I didn't care, but I was so frightened I got home, got out of my car, and looked around to see if it was nearby. I was fortunate enough not to see it again. I made sure to look down the street both ways before going into my house. I got in, locked the door, closed the curtain, and tried to forget what I saw. Even my wife knew something had spooked me. I didn't tell her till the following day. I didn't want to scare her at the time, and I hope I don't see it again. This next story is coming from someone who is telling the story that happened to their uncle. So he says, he's at his friend's house. They're smoking a cigarette outside, enjoying the weather, and just hanging out. My uncle gets the strange feeling of being watched, ignores the feeling. Then his friend goes inside to grab a drink and my uncle is out there alone. He's looking around and he sees a small man. So the way he described this to me was that this little man was about a foot or so tall, dressed like an elf or a leprechaun. Very fairy tale outfit, he said. Imagine an elf's outfit or nymph-like, you know? So he's just in shock, staring. He doesn't even believe it himself and he's just staring. This little man, or duende, gives my uncle a smile, but not a friendly smile. More of a grin of, you see me, this is true, and I'm here to enlist fear. My uncle is frozen, and out comes his friend who drops his drink. His friend screams, and my uncle looks over at him, and right there, they both know that they're seeing what they're both seeing. No hallucination. They turn to look at the duende, and the duende is calling them over with a hand gesture. My uncle looks at his friend and tells him, Vamanos, like, let's run. So they dart out of the patio and run to a car and drive off. They're scared shitless. My uncle drives them to his house. His friend wasn't going to stay at his house alone, so of course he stayed the night. So he goes on to say, 
My uncle lives at my grandma's house, so fast forward, the rest of the family is home and they can see that they're both shaken up. They're asking what's going on and my uncle refuses to speak because he's superstitious and believes that if you speak about them, they'll appear or hear you. Being convinced that he's safe and not in danger, he tells the family about what happened. Of course, everyone believes him because in Mexico, speaking of the duende isn't uncommon. It's like speaking of La Llorona. He says, my uncle's room is on the third floor of my grandma's house. From the third floor, you can overlook most of the land. So he's up there smoking with his friend again and they both just avoid talk about what happened. So they're having a smoke and my uncle gets overwhelmed with the same feeling he had earlier, the feeling of not being alone. He tells his friend that they just step back in. So my uncle goes inside with his friend and my uncle tells him that he's going to go downstairs. So his friend goes to sleep and my uncle goes downstairs to make his way to the yard. My uncle has always been super in tune. I personally think everyone has a sixth sense and maybe my uncle's ability to be able to see and communicate with the paranormal is his. He goes outside and looks out into the land and we all know what he's looking for. He's keeping an eye out and there it is. So what he describes this time is that the duende is sitting on this tree. This duende is sitting with his legs crossed and makes a hand gesture to my uncle saying, come here. My uncle nearly shits himself from how scared he is. He can't believe that he's seeing the same little man. He said that he yelled at it to go away and to leave him alone. The duende jumps up and walks away. My uncle goes back inside the house and wakes his friend up and tells him about the incident. Both are scared shitless and stay up. The next day, they tell my grandma, and this they go to the church to get a blessing. And with this, they go to the church to get a blessing. Everything's fine for a couple of months until it visited again. My uncle was having dreams about this duende coming to visit him and offer an exchange to him. He says, of course, dreams can be anything. They can be because our brain's thinking about something or someone constantly. I know I have dreams with scenarios with people and movies and celebrities. I don't know, you get the point. So then more time passes and the duendes reappear. My uncle said that it was the same damn tree and he's standing on it, but this time he's holding a little bag. What is presumed that's in the bag is money. My uncle was telling us about the exchanges, so that was creepy. I literally got chills, chills thinking about this. Like what the actual F? What if this thing is trying to communicate with him through his dreams? So at this point, my uncle is scared beyond belief. I think if I remember this part correctly, he said he was carrying and yelling, oh, he was crying and yelling at it, saying it to leave him alone and to leave his family. And with that, the duende cracked a smile again and left. My uncle sobs and looks up and it's actually gone. So my uncle said that was the last time it, it saw it for a while. I'm going to have to call my mom and ask for the rest of the story because this is all I remember. But from what I recall, I think he saw it once more and then moved out of my grandma's and went to go live with a friend in a different city. Yeah, I think in general, put me down for not wanting to see a duende because that sounds terrifying. But okay, as mentioned, there are stories of these types of beings coming from nearly every corner of the planet. We already talked about the fairy folk of the British Isles last week. We've covered the duende and the Alouche quite a bit here today, but what about elsewhere? All the way in Africa, we have a couple different creatures. We have the Aziza of Western Africa, and they are small one-legged beings who smoke pipes. However, there are also versions that tell of a winged Aziza who can fly around the forest. 
The Aziza seemed mostly benevolent and provided knowledge of magic and medicine to the Dahomey people and others. Also in Africa is the Yambo. Yambos are supernatural beings of the Wolof culture who are also referred to as the good people, much like how in Scottish folklore and mythology they are sometimes referred to as good neighbors. However, unlike their European counterparts, the Yumbos are said to be spirits of the dead. They stand at about two feet tall, are pearly white in color, and have silver hair. But like other fairy-like creatures from around the world, they are said to be fond of music, food, and dance, and only come out during the nighttime. In ancient Chinese mythology, the Mogwai were small demons or evil spirits that would harass the living. Like some of the other fairy creatures we've met, the Mogwai like to cause chaos, and in Chinese mythology, they are anything but benevolent. However, it is said that they become especially hostile and unhinged during their mating season, which takes place during rainy months, so kind of like the gremlins. In ancient Persian mythology, there is the Peri, beautiful winged spirits who have been denied entrance to paradise and must remain on earth to atone for their sins, sort of like the Tuatha de Danann in last week's episode. They are also somewhat like the jinn of Islamic mythology and can be benevolent or they can be evil and mischievous spirits. In Hindu and Buddhist mythology, the yaksha are fairy-like spirits that may be harmless nature spirits or may take on the form of an ogre, a demon, or some other hideous supernatural creature. Now we're only scratching the surface here, but we also see beings like this show up in Native American folklore quite a bit. I think we've already mentioned it a couple times in the Mount Shasta episode and maybe another episode. I'm not sure. But we also have the Joga of Iroquois mythology. These trickster-like spirits are about knee-high and can cause illness and chaos in a home where they feel disrespected. And how does one make sure they do not disrespect a Joga? Well, it's pretty similar to how one may appease any other fairy-like creature by leaving them gifts and offerings. Maybe a few nail clippings because apparently they're fans of that or some cool rocks and they are especially fond of strawberries. Like other fairy creatures, they have an aversion to rudeness and are very sensitive, and so as long as you're polite and not a dick, they can be pretty harmless. The Cherokee also had their own myths about the little people of the forest who they described as, quote, hardly reaching up to a man's knee, but well-shaped and handsome, with long hair falling almost to the ground. The little people in Cherokee lore were known to do favors and perform good deeds to those who showed respect towards them but could inflict serious bad luck on those who disrespected them. However, much like the Ashi, it is considered bad luck to even speak of the little people, and doing so can invite wrathful spirits into your home. What's interesting is that there are a bunch of sightings of these little people in the Americas, spanning back decades at least. Other tribes, as well as white settlers, saw them as well. The Cheyenne called them Nihai demons. The Shoshone called them people eaters and the Arapaho called them the tiny people eaters. And before I start to wrap things up, please, please, please feel free to message me, email me with any stories that you might have about, you know, Duende sightings or something strange that you might have seen when you were a kid, like the weird stitch creature that I saw. And maybe let me know what you think about all this. Where do these stories come from? Did there ever exist mischievous little people in this world who played tricks on people, abducted them, or gave them magical knowledge? I will say I am currently reading Dimensions by Jacques Vallée, and I'm going to do probably a whole two-part or maybe even three-part episode on that one day because 
he has a very interesting hypothesis that the fairies of old and what we call aliens today are essentially the same beings or coming from the same interdimensional phenomenon, but that's gonna have to be another episode for another time. But some questions I have for you guys are if beings like this never existed and if they don't still exist today, why did humans all around the world create such a being? Could it have been to caution children against going into the forest alone, especially at night? Could it have been a way to explain bouts of bad luck experienced by different clans and tribes? Were all our ancestors simply tripping on mushrooms and DMT? Could it have been a way to explain away mysterious disappearances, strange lights in the forest? Or have humans just always wanted or perhaps needed desperately to believe in another magical world filled with magical beings, and maybe sometimes that magic from somewhere else seeps into our own world. That all seems pretty reasonable, but what gets me are all the alleged eyewitness accounts. Now I know anyone can say anything on the internet, but since I personally had that strange encounter with a small, big-eared, wrinkly creature as a kid, it makes me think that not all of these stories could simply be made up. And what I'm gathering after reading, well, I'm, I'm still reading Dimensions, I'm about halfway through, but what I'm gathering from all the accounts Jacques Vallée has laid out is that this has been going on for centuries, if not thousands of years. So I can't logically actually even look at all that information and all those stories and conclude that it's just everyone's just making it up. I personally believe that there is something to this and I do kind of believe in the whole interdimensional hypothesis. There is another theory, of course, and that is that these could be unidentified cryptids, that these could be flesh and blood animals or an unknown, unknown humanoid species, kind of like Bigfoot, but much, much smaller. Perhaps they are an ancient humanoid species that has survived all this time. But my problem with that is, I think we would have found some kind of physical evidence by now. That's why I also believe Bigfoot may be interdimensional. And I know I've mentioned the interdimensional hypotheses before, and it's like my favorite theory and a lot, you know, that goes along with the whole portal theory as well. But like I said, I'm just sharing my thoughts. Feel free to express yours as well. So I don't know, maybe there is some kind of secret realm in the forest where Bigfoot fairies, elves, I don't know, maybe even unicorns, dragons, and all the other cool shit exists. Or at least that's, that's what I hope. But that's about it for today's episode. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, or follow button if you haven't already. Feel free to leave me a review or leave a comment. And as I've said before, please feel free to reach out to me, especially if you have had a one-day sighting or a similar sighting. And so in next week's episode, we are going to be talking about Mexican ghosts and legends. So stay tuned for that. And until then, watch out for the Duendes and take care, everyone.